Welcome to the Sixer Sense Podcast, hosted by co-site experts, Lucas Johnson and Christopher Klein. Hey everybody, welcome to our draft edition of the Sixer Sense Podcast. We are recording live during the second round of the NBA draft, so we have real life reactions going on to the draft as well as, you know, other stuff that's going on with the Sixers as well. Guys, how do you feel about this draft so far? It's pretty crazy, right? Uh, yeah, pretty wild. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm just trying to survive over here during their tornado warning. We had tornadoes flowing through uh, Trenton, and I'm just glad to be alive here, guys. Well, we, we are too. <laughs> um, well, yes, we're very lo- glad that you <laughs> are. Um, you are safe. To, you're probably used to this crazy weather down in Georgia, Chris. Uh, I don't know about tornadoes. They're- I don't know. We don't Listen, we don't have good. tornadoes, but we have we get, storms. We get bad weather. We don't necessarily get crazy weather too often. Yo, I was in the basement, my wife and, and our, our dog. It was it was kind of frightening. But anyway, let's mm-hmm. get on with the draft. Well, hold up, hold up. Before we get into this, you named your dog Ben. So no, how's that no, how correction? How are you feeling about <laughs> correction? <laughs> Chris, how are you on. feeling about that? Correction. Yeah, yeah how do you His feel name? about that? Is Benny okay? Not Ben. <laughs> Benny, get it right. It doesn't doesn't help the case at all. <laughs> okay, but yeah, Chris, let's get into the draft. Um, Things that have aged poorly. Uriah's <laughs> dog name. Um, yeah. Okay, we're gonna talk about the draft. Uh, we'll start off with who the Sixers picked at twenty eight. Uh, Jaden Springer, the freshman guard out of Tennessee. Lucas, I have some thoughts. I know you do too. Uh, I'll let you go first. But pretty freaking awesome pick in my, you know, my opinion. Uh, what what are your thoughts? Well, I didn't even think he would be in the Sixers range, so I did no homework on him whatsoever. So when the pick was announced, I had to do some quick research before we get started. Um, you know, from the sites that I watched, you know, he was like a late teen, like projected first round pick, solid two way player good defensively solid uh, you know can project to be a three and d guy needs to bump up the volume on three point shooting more has a little bit of a mid-range game very solid defender um six four but you know long long arms so i mean he fits the profile of what the sixers like in a in a two guard you know somebody that can space that has the potential to space the floor somebody that can defend Personally, I was kind of hoping that Cam Thomas was going to drop. Um, I was very upset when the Nets picked him. Like, they don't need any more offense. Get some more defense. I thought they were going to go with the center that they got with the 29th pick at 20, you know, seven. But, I mean, overall, it's not a bad pick. You know, I think I was thinking maybe Miles McBride or uh, Davion Mitch, uh, not Davion Mitchell, uh, Jared Butler. Jared Butler. Thank you. I knew it was a, uh, I knew it was a, a Baylor guard. Uh, I thought one of those two would have made more sense, but I mean, just because they were more mocked in that area. But I mean, Jaden Springer was projected as a late teens pick. He fell for whatever reason. He's a solid two way player. I, you know, I think he's he's solid. I mean, I'm not wowed by it. I'm not like, I'm just kind of like, okay, cool. Well, I I personally am pretty pretty wowed by it. Um, I mean, a guy who wasn't supposed to be in the Sixers range last season, you know, was Tyrese Maxey. Um, 
Springer, I had Springer 15th on my board. It's, it's a very similar situation. Like, he, he should not have been there at 28. I think a lot of teams dropped the ball. Uh, Cam Thomas should not have been there at 27 either, Lucas. I agree. Sharif Cooper, still going into the second round, was my number 13 prospect. He's going to prove a lot of people wrong. Um, Can I just interject real quick? Mm-hmm. By the way, um, Orlando took another guard in the second round. Uh, the guy from Ohio... Um, I know I wrote about him. I can't remember what his name was, but um, Jason Preston. Yeah, uh, Preston. Yeah, yeah. He's used he's, to write for Fansided, by the way. Pretty cool. He wrote for our Piston site, I think. Did he really? Yeah, back in the day. Huh. Jason Preston. Huh. Go figure. First okay. Fansider in the NBA. Um. Huh. That's cool. I did not know that. That is neat little nugget there. Back to Springer, though. I I mean, all the things you said, Lucas, like he can defend the crap out of the ball. One of the best perimeter defenders on the board. Still 18, very young, a lot of room to grow. The three-point shot is going to be what everyone points to. He shot 44% at Tennessee, but on very low volume, doesn't have the cleanest form. So he'll need to work on that. But everything else is there. He's a really smart decision maker, moves the ball, moves off the ball, does all the little things, has, has real glue guy potential. Uh, you know, you have an offensive punch in Maxi that you drafted last year. Springer's a little bit bigger, can can guard twos more successfully than Maxi. It's going to give you, you know, a great point of attack guy in the backcourt. Uh, you know, with Ben probably leaving pretty soon, uh, more defense in the backcourt is going to be really helpful. Uh, and yeah, again, just should not have been there at 28. Another steal in my book, Daryl's, you know, done very well these first two drafts uh, we still have a couple second round picks presumably coming up here uh which i'm sure we'll talk about if we get to them during the podcast but like a top 15 guy should have been in the lottery conversation for teams like san antonio who reached a little bit on josh primo uh you know the pacers took duarte who's great but he's also going to be 28 when his rookie contract runs up so some questionable decisions were made earlier in the draft and that played into the Sixers hands because uh, they got a really great prospect at 28 a guy who I think can be in the rotation next season and a guy who I think is gonna, has a lot of room to grow a lot of upside uh, so I'm really happy with it yeah and uh, I, I just want to point out I believe that the um that the person that um that was in charge of the previous couple drafts. You know, the guys that got us like Tyrese Maxey and I forget his name off the top of my head, uh, but he, he's still in the front office. So he's, that's another notch in his cap right there. Cause he's, he's done a good job drafting for the Sixers and I can't try to look him up right now on my phone and I can't remember his name, but we talked about him last year. Anyway, um, Still Mark the same thing. Yeah, Mark Eversley, the guy that worked underneath Mark Eversley, as far as I know, he's still with the franchise. Um, and he made this pick. I think this was more of a you know long-term pick. I think obviously he could contribute if he needs to, but I, I don't think it's gonna happen right away. I think it's gonna take some time. But um well look, he's a really smart player, he can still mm-hmm. hit spot threes, and he's a great defender right now. I mean, I think mm-hmm. he can play. Sixers don't really have a lot of. Good would you play? Yet. Would you would you play Isaiah Joe over him? Hey, Sixers fans! Summer is here. Are you ready to unveil your beach bod? 
you're in luck because our friends at Manscaped just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0. So what's in the Manscaped performance package? Well, inside the package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, Crop Reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. The sun is shining and calling your name, fellas. So join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. Handle your trimming needs this summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. Again, that's manscaped.com for 20% off using the code FANSIDED20. And now, back to the podcast. I know, probably not. I think Springer's going to be better. You think so? He, Shake is not very good. Like, there's a root. I, I'm not, yeah, I'm not. I'm not talking about Shake. I'm talking about Isaiah Joe because I think Isaiah Joe is going to be the person that takes over for Corkmoss. Isaiah Joe is the next Chris Middleton. Just so you guys know. You think so? Are you just? Yeah. Are you being a fan? Or are you? No, being I, I think I think the kid has potential. He has no fear in his shot. He seems very locked in on improving. So that's how I feel. I I need to see more than just three point shooting from him. But I. I, mean, I think look, he, Joe is a six seven wing. Like he he can play with spring. They're different positions. There there's yeah. not really a ton of overlap there. They're different roles, different positions. So I, I think both of them have a chance. I like Joe a lot too. I he was in my first round last season personally. So the Sixers, Sixers could look very young next year. Sixers have a lot of good young guys on this team. Paul Reed too is probably a, a real player in a year or two. So they're they're heading in the right direction. I like Springer a lot. Um, yeah. I'm just very, very pleased with, with how this panned out for Philly. Yeah, no. And we'll we'll see what his long term potential is. I'm not I I don't think he's a starter, but I think he could be a good rotational player. Yeah. Yeah. I mean he's not gonna start year one, of course. But yeah, of course not. Uh we we'll see what the team looks like in five years. <laughs> um but Lucas, let's move on and talk about some of the other picks that caught our eye. Uh we, we should probably start with number 19, of course. Uh, New York trading it to Charlotte for a future first-round pick. And the Hornets selecting my number five prospect, the greatest center of all time, uh, Kai Jones, who's going to just do lovely things in Charlotte. I'm very excited. I had, I had two out-of-body experiences tonight. When Kai Jones was picked, and when I watched the trailer for The Green Knight, which I'm going to go see tomorrow, th- th- those were the highlights of my day. So. What is, okay, first off, what is The Green Knight? Um, it's some Arthurian legend that I haven't read, and it looks like it's going to be a, a real wonderful film. So okay, because it sounds like an off-brand Batman movie. Yeah, I saw um, that tweet. I saw that tweet. Uh, I was like, um, The Green Knight? Did he mean s- to put Dark Knight? Uh, no. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, no, no, it is a movie. I just haven't done any research on it at all. Um, Chris, by the way, Charlotte just picked JT Thor. Woo! I don't know if he's good or not, but uh, I will say this: I and we, we said we we said this off the uh, off the air, but I think Charlotte is winning the draft right now in terms of They're getting killing. value at their picks. They got James Booknight, who should have been a top ten pick, arguably number six or seven. And then they get um, they get him at eleven, or else they would have taken Kai Jones there. I saw that tweet, uh, and then they traded uh, with the Knicks, who for some reason decided, oh, let's trade both of our first round picks, move back, get one, get one future one, and take Quinn Grimes, which good pick for them, but uh, still, update not a good pick at all. 
Sorry. I thought you liked Quentin Grimes. Quentin you said... Grimes is a second round pick at best. You hold up, hold up, hold up. You you had you had Quentin Grimes as a first round projected pick in your yeah. first two mock drafts. Proje- yeah, projected like as where they might go, not where they should go. Keep okay. Okay. Anyway, and so, but my favorite pick, my my favorite player in this pack draft just got drafted by the Thunder. In Miles McBride from West Virginia. So I am ecstatic that West Virginia, another West Virginia player made it into the NBA. And Javon Carter got some love today. He's going to go play solid defense for the Brooklyn Nets. He's going to be a bulldog. He's going to cause the Sixers trouble, I'm sure, because he's really elite defensively. Um, but, you know, overall, that I mean, like I said, I think Charlotte's done a great job. Uh it was interesting that Jalen uh, Johnson went 20th to the Hawks. Your thoughts on that? Do you think that's a good fit for him? Yeah, I think it's a great fit. I think uh, Johnson probably was a lottery-ish guy to me. I think a lot of people docked him because he left Duke, which is, like, who cares? Um, he's a good player. He's going to fit really well with that team, get up and down and transition with Trey. Uh, I like it a lot. What do you think about the the um, Golden State Warriors getting Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Mooney? Uh, you, you know, I mean, I I'm not like opposed to the Kaminga thing. I think Wiseman was obviously a big mistake last year, so taking two projects in a row when you're trying to win now is maybe not the best route. But I think Wiseman was the bigger mistake than Kaminga. Uh, obviously, like Kaminga, if he pans out is like a six eight shot creator who can do a lot of stuff mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball. Like Kaminga's has one of the highest ceilings on the board, like top two or three if, if he pans out. So I can see him becoming like their Harrison Barnes to be honest. Yeah, and look, if you're Golden State, you're gonna try to sign a bunch of vets this summer. You're you're not probably gonna be giving a ton of minutes to the rookies anyway. So I, I don't mind the upside swing. I wasn't as big on Moses Moody as everyone else. But I like him. Yeah, like a long defender who can hit spot threes, some other stuff. He, he's going to be good there. He he can play right away. So, yeah, I, I think it was a pretty good draft for them. Yeah, and we'll talk more about the Warriors later because you know we got Ben Simmons talk for sure. Yeah, my my big team though, like Houston, Houston did well. Houston, well, like passing on Evan Mobley is probably not the greatest thing ever, but I mean, I get it though. They want a dynamic guard to kind of like erase. The, the taste of James Harden in their math, so they get a dynamic guard. That I yeah. mean, Jalen's Jalen Green has legit all star potential, so it's not like he's a bad pick. He might not be the better pick, but he's not a bad pick. Kind of like DeAndre Aiden type thing. Yeah, um, Jalen Green is is really good. Like he's yeah. a number one pick some years, but Evan Mobley is also probably a number one pick. <laughs> Mobley's the only guy who is even in the conversation with Cade this year and in most years. Like Mobley is mm-hmm. a really incredible player and Cleveland made out like bandits getting him at three. But yeah, Christopher's a great upside swing. Alperin Shangun is a top ten talent in my opinion. One yeah, of the- kind of surprised that he dropped. He, he shouldn't have dropped. I, this, like, I saw you on Twitter. Yeah, you were upset about that. <laughs> like that's an awesome pick. Um him and Christian Wood and Green and Kevin Porter and all those guys fit together pretty well. So I think Houston's in a good spot. You know, Garuba's on the Spanish national team right now. He's playing in the Olympics, one of the best defenders on the board. And Christopher? Forward, right? He's more of a power forward in the NBA. 
Yeah. Because he doesn't have much of an else. He's not, he's well, they have him. He's six eight. So you think he's a center? Uh, well, forward center. He's he's a front court player. Yeah. Um, not yeah, much even, of a shooter. I, I agree that Christopher is a reach, but like again, with your fourth first round pick, you can bet on upside. He's a great athlete. Has shown some juice as a as as a go to scorer at Arizona State. If he can get the jumper, you know, ironed out, he can defend pretty well. Um, I I think it was a really good draft for Houston. What do you what do you think about the Thunder getting even more draft capital in this in the draft trading with Houston for that 16 spot? They got they you know they traded for two future round first rounders. I think it was Washington's and Detroit's. I mean, like, it's a wait-and-see thing, right? You never know with future picks. Um, Mm -hmm. Those are both heavily protected, I believe. Yeah. Shangun was the top 10 guy. They maybe were just better off taking Shangun, who would have probably been a starter next year for them. But Yeah, they don't have much center depth. Did they address? I don't even think they did address that center depth, did they? Uh, Not in the first round. Uh, They took Trey Mann, who I like quite a bit. Uh, I think Giddy, Mann, and Shea is, is a really cool, like, group of playmakers i mean yeah you're gonna have to play giddy at the small forward but yeah well he's six eight yeah yeah so that's fine yeah Yeah. look okay see i think did a good job i don't know if giddy was like my pick at six but i I think the fit is is pretty great Uh, so i think they're going in the right direction they got they got two playmakers and i mean i don't see giddy as a scorer right now but he's a facilitator you got Two other you got shea gilgis alexander who's an all-star level player and then you got trey mann who's one of the best, you know, just one-on-one scorers in this draft. I mean, him yeah. and Cam Thomas were the two best, you know, individual. I see them more of like sixth men, but I mean, like Trey Mann's not a joke. I mean, if he can, I don't know. I think his IQ needs to get better. Obviously, yeah. Look, but. Trey Mann is one of the best pull-up shooters on the board. Maybe the uh-huh. best pull-up shooter. You have Shea, who's one of the best like drivers, scorers at the rim, getting into the paint. You have Giddy, who can like connect all the dots and throw they the got poku the they got poku too they have poku who is the second coming of something great i don't, <laughs> don't want to piss anyone off but poku is a delight um yeah I, they I like just a need a center that. they just need a center yeah well i mean once poku you know goes to the workout room with Giannis, he can maybe play center. Hey, can we you ever, think so? Can, can we ever have a <laughs> no. podcast without mentioning Poco? Never. As long as Chris is the co-host, it's never going to happen. Right. Top 10 talent from the 2020 NBA draft, Alexei Pokushevsky. Um, I, I, hang on. While we're talking about top 10 talent, I got to call out uh, Hoops Habit because they just did a redraft of that draft. And they did not have Matisse Thibel in there. In the top ten, they did not have him in the top ten. They had him seventeenth. Well, I I'm telling y'all, Thibel's not like the greatest prospect of all time. But wait, 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 wait. What's this list? Top ten of what? No, it was a redraft of the first round oh. in uh, for 2020. And Hoops Habit, you know, which is a, a brother site, yeah. brother, you know, you know, wow. familiar site here. Let's not put gender rules on it. Um, all um they did not have they have Matisse Thibel 17th and I need, have, I need to have words with hoops have it uh I think Jared <laughs> is Jared Butler still the the editor there Chris or is he no yeah, he's still the editor no. I don't know no, he's not. Uh, I don't know anyway um but yeah Jared Butler is a point guard at Baylor no draw <laughs> not Jared Butler gosh um you know who I'm talking about um yeah yeah he's not the editor there 
Uh, oh, he's not the editor there anymore? Okay. No, it's Duncan Smith. Um, oh, is it Duncan now? Okay, cool. Shout out to Duncan yeah, for some reason. Duncan's cool. Yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, no, um, I think, I mean, I don't, I see Poku more as a power forward, but I mean, I mean, if he actually got like, if he didn't look like he was starving and actually had meat on his bones, then yeah, maybe center, but I don't know. We'll see. I mean, they played him at small forward half the time last year, so who knows? And that's not even t- counting uh, Dwart in their rotation either, because he's a solid two-way wing. Um, they have a they and they have uh, Maladon and uh, Jerome. They got a bright future there in OKC, and they still have seventeen first-round picks. Yeah, like OKC knows what it's doing. I don't know about the trade rumors with Shea, I'd probably just keep him, but uh, they know what they're doing there, and mm-hmm. I, I think they got a nice roster. Yeah, and then there was one more thing you wanted to talk about this, right? In this section? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the freaking Lakers, man. <laughs> what the heck? Um, They traded for Russell Westbrook. They traded Montrez. While Chris is laughing, let me finish off what what they traded Russell Westbrook and two future second rounders. Uh, Washington traded two future second rounders and Russell Westbrook for Montrez Harrell, Contavious Caldwell Pope, and Kyle Kuzma plus the 22nd pick that's getting rerouted now to the Pacers for Aaron Holiday to Washington. Hey Lucas. We're not gonna even talk about holiday here. Hey yeah, Lucas, you're right. Yeah. Check out this alliteration right here. You'll like this, Chris. Okay. Brody, Braun, and the Brown. Oh my gosh, triple Bones. B's. I need to trademark that. Triple what B's. That? There we go. Right there. Well, yeah. Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. I just realized what I said. Oh <laughs> what? What's wrong with that? Guys. What? Use your middle school sense of humor here for a second. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. We, <laughs> what, I'll big, tell you off baller, the air. Big baller brand? No, <laughs> yeah, I no. Care. I mean, there's that too. Um, you're I'm, right. Edit out I'm, what I'm about to tell you, though, okay? No, just tell me after. I, I, I don't okay. feel like editing it. Okay, <laughs> okay, fine. Use their imagination. Yeah, okay, anyway. Moving, <laughs> Ignore uh, Lucas, everyone. <laughs> sorry. Um, had a middle school moment. Anyway, but... Yeah, no, I mean, here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Westbrook, if you're thinking about Westbrook and AD as a duo, yeah, that makes sense. But if you have LeBron in there, unless LeBron is willing to take an off-ball, you know, role during the regular season, and both he and Westbrook uh, become, like, consistent three-point shooters, this doesn't make sense at all. Teams will literally sag off Westbrook like the Sixers did in the playoffs and, like, the Hawks did to Ben Simmons in the next round. Sorry for the painful memory there, guys, but it's yeah, a fact. Yeah, look, Russell Westbrook is a crappy shooter who demands the ball and dominates possessions, and he makes terrible decisions 50% of the time. He's, like, the absolute worst, quote-unquote, star to put with LeBron that I can think of. Like, I don't understand it at all. I don't think the Davis fit is particularly great either in a vacuum. Like, I get that they need another point guard, but, like, signing... Do like a sign and trade for Spencer Dinwiddie or some crap. Like, like that's a much better option than trading for Russ and giving up assets, sort of, to get Russ, who who is on a terrible contract for the next two years. 
isn't worth that money. It, it's a ter- it's a terrible trade for the Lakers. I mean, they're going to be good. They're going to win games in the regular season because they they have LeBron and they're the Lakers. And Westbrook's a decent player still, of course, but I don't know how they're going to like win a finals or anything with Westbrook and Braun and I don't see how the pieces fit. I don't get it. Yeah, it's just a bad trade. I think it's and this is where I I mean, yeah, they're a talented trio, but they don't fit together. And on, honestly, there was a you know discussion about sending Montrez and Kyle Kuzma to the Kings for Buddy Heald. And that would have made the, the Lakers better. Now, I don't think it would have made them the favorites. But Heald, you know, he can be a 20-point-per-game scorer. And with the guy guys like LeBron and AD feeding him the ball, when defense collapsed on him, he should have a pretty good year if he was on the Lakers. Um, doesn't fix their problem at point guard, but, you know, it does give him another uh, a legit third scorer. And a guy that makes sense within the scheme of how they play. Yeah, like even DeMar DeRozan would have been a much better option than Russ. And he doesn't really shoot either. But like Russ demands the ball so much and just is not a guy who you want making crunch time decisions with the ball in his hand when you have LeBron on your team. And he doesn't do much of anything for you off the ball. He's not a good defender 95% of the time. It, it, I just don't get the appeal. It, it It's clearly just swinging for a big name and hoping the talent wins out but i don't i don't think it will like like the lakers are going to get outscored by 40 points a game against brooklyn if that's what it comes down to like i I just don't see how these pieces fit it's it's not a clean fit and that's that's the issue chris it's it's really not but i mean we'll we'll see what happens for sure um I, for me personally, I just, how do I say this? Um, it, it's gonna, I mean, they're gonna win a lot of regular season games and Russell, Russell Westbrook does take the, the pressure off of LeBron to be like the go-to guy. I think we're going to see some regression from LeBron scoring. I think we're, I think we're going to see a drop off, especially with, you know, how much Westbrook dominates the ball. I, I think LeBron's going to take a backseat during the regular season, and honestly, I don't blame him. But I, when the playoffs come around, you might have to bench. You might have to bring Westbrook off the bench. I think I think LeBron's going to average around twenty twenty one points. Just yeah, I think I, yeah, I think that's just I think that AD yeah. needs his touches. Of course, Westbrook is going to take a ton of shots, especially in the paint. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if LeBron gets around twenty. Yeah, I mean, look. If you put enough shooters around them and like vets who want to go chase the championship, they'll be fine. They'll be a good team. They may even win the West. I'm not. I'm not saying they're like doomed forever, but there are much better ways to go about trying to get a third star or just building out this roster around LeBron and AD. I think Westbrook is a pretty significant hindrance in the playoffs with how that roster is constructed. I don't really see how he helps them. Um, I mean, technically, they could still get Buddy Heald if they do a sign and trade with Schroeder and like a three-team trade that sends like market into the to the uh, Kings. But yeah, like... look, but like Buddy Heald is not much of a needle mover, and, and I mean, he he provides floor spacing. 
Like legit. He does. I he would be great there, hypothetically, but like it's a good fit for him personally. But I, I just don't think Westbrook Westbrook doesn't make any sense. You, you you have to have shooters to maximize Westbrook. You have to have shooters to maximize LeBron. They're both their their best attributes are their playmaking with the ball in hand. If you put either one of them off the ball to make room for the other, it's just a waste of space. So I, I don't get it. I mean, we'll see what happens. I, I agree with you, but we'll we'll see what happens. Who knows? Maybe LeBron will come in and hit like 40% of his three-pointers on like six or eight attempts. And look, I mean, you need spacing, but Anthony yeah. Davis has refused to play center. So you're going to have to probably put another big on the floor with him. And then you mm. only have like, even if it's Buddy Heald, he's going to be the only one out there taking more than two threes a night. They're They're screwed. It's just not a good mix. Unless he does come in and say, I'll play center, and then, then you can work with something, but you can play LeBron at the... Th- I don't know. We'll see what happens. But let's go ahead and switch gears now. And we're going to talk, of course, about Ben Simmons. Now, according to Adrian Wojnarowski. The Sixers are looking for a Harden-esque package for Simmons. That means that they're looking for multiple picks and pick swaps. They're looking for a star-level player and, you know, other role players, basically. And from what was reported just today, when they talked to the Warriors, they were wanting Andrew Wiggins, James Wiseman, the 17th and the 14th pick, and two future first round. So, Chris... Is, is it realistic to expect a Harden-esque package for Simmons? Well, of course not. I mean, I think everyone today's just been laughing at the proposals. So I think that probably tells you, like, the likelihood of one of them going through. Um, at some point, Maury's going to have to come down on his price. Teams are probably have, you know, going to have to come up from where they are. Like, they're still going to get a lot back for Ben. He, he's a 25-year-old, three-time All-Star Defensive player of the year candidate who can lead the league in assists in the right situation. Like, he's a really good player still. Um, but they're not going to get four picks and four swaps and three great young players from Cleveland. Uh, that's just not going to happen, you know. Um, they're clearly going to trade him at some point. I don't, we've kind of reached the point of no return. It seems like he's ready to move on. The Sixers are very clearly ready to move on. It's not going to happen tonight from the looks of it. Um, so this is going to drag on into the summer. Bradley Beal, not going to leave Washington. So we might be in the waiting for Damian Lillard game. If that doesn't pan out, then we might get to the point where we're kind of seeing some desperation from Philly's perspective. But, uh, you know, Ben probably isn't going to be here to start the season. So we're going to get to a trade at some point. That's what it feels like. But they're they're not going to get all these rumored packages of like four picks and four swaps from the Spurs or the Cavs or the Warriors or whatever. The Warriors thing that was proposed today, which was like Wiggins, Wiseman, the seventh and the 14th pick and two future. For, I don't think that's far off for like Golden State. I think that's a pretty fair like baseline. I mean, I would have made I, if I was Golden State, I'd probably only give up like one future first versus two. And, yeah, I mean, like, and yeah, I wouldn't yeah. have asked for Wiseman. I would have asked for Jordan Poole and uh, uh, 
Pascal. I mean, not Pascal. Uh, Pascal. Yeah, look, but like Wiseman's not going to get you as much as you think. Probably he's not. He's was the number two pick, but that doesn't mean he like he shouldn't have been the number two pick. He's just coming off an injury. He wasn't that good last season. Wiggins is a like negative value contract. The seventh and the fourteenth picks are fine. That's like Jonathan Kuminga and Moses Moody. That's not moving the needle that much. Like, man, that's pretty cl- close to Ben's value. I don't even know if Philly should be taking that trade because, like, what are you going to get for Wiseman and Wiggins? And two picks that have already been made now, not a lot. So I, I think Golden State, if anything, probably should have considered that deal. But the other teams that we've been seeing are pretty outlandish, like, understandably so. They're probably laughing Daryl off the phone. Daryl's doing what he should be, of course. He, you have to start high and work your way down. You don't, You don't just, you know, take the first deal that's offered to you you try to bid teams up and and make them pay as much as you can but we'll we'll have to see how these things play out i agree i you know obviously they're asking for much but yeah i mean to be fair he he was he's a three-time all-star he is uh he was runner up for defensive player of the year top two defender in this league um i think number one but you know we've debated that enough now um but no i mean you're not going to get a Harden-esque package, but you know you could probably get somewhere around like an All-Star level player. Like, you know, you could get maybe you know Malcolm Brogdon, T.J. Warren, uh, like two or three first-round picks. I I don't think that's outrageous to ask. No, no. Um, I think Malcolm Brogdon is an All-Star level player. Um, you know, and I was really surprised. And, you know, there was a rumor that the Sixers talked to the Cavs and they wanted all their young players. I don't, that's a little bit too much. But if you had a package built around, like, let's say, for example, Sexton, Nance, draft capital, maybe not, probably not the third pick, obviously, because that would be too much, I think. But, like, you know, something around that. I I don't, you know, future first round picks, two or three. I don't think that's outrageous to ask for for Ben plus filler. I mean, like, but it's Colin Sexton, who's pretty flawed, and you're going to have to pay him a lot more than he may be worth next year. I don't, like, you got to be smart about it, you know? I don't think they can just take, you know, the first. And I'm not saying that they should, but. It would depend on the amount of draft capital, basically. But Yeah. Like, Darius Garland is the guy I would want from Cleveland. I don't know if Cleveland will give him up, but if I'm, I'm, like, picking who I want from that team, it's Darius Garland. Mm-hmm. No, no, I, I agree. Um, but I guess the question now is, Chris, how likely do you think the Philly will get what they actually want for Ben Simmons? Like within reason, because obviously Daryl's asking price is probably not actually what they want. They're just trying to see if they can sucker anybody into actually taking it. But what do you think? Do you think it's possible for them to get something that they want or equal value? Well, I think what they want is probably Damian Lillard. So we'll probably in wait and see mode there. Um, Like, are they going to get equal value for Ben? I'm I'm somewhat skeptical. I mean, his value is in the tank after the playoffs. It's not going to get this low ever again. Uh, The fit isn't as good in Philly as it would be in a lot of other places. Uh, you know, he clearly wants out now, so the Sixers are losing leverage by the day. So they're probably not going to get, like, the greatest return in the world. They're not going to get what Drew Holiday got. 
they're clearly not going to get what James Harden got. But at the end of the day, we're we've, we've just reached the point where something's got to happen at some point. We're we're there's no way he can. I just don't think it's possible. So you think a trade's going to happen before the start of the regular season? Yeah. Well, that's what that's what all the reports seem to be hinting at. I mean, there's mm-hmm. always a chance that things drag on. Maury is probably not. I mean, if any GM is going to be willing to like push the envelope in that respect, it's probably Daryl. So we can't write it off. But you know, the reports are that Ben is in step with the efforts to trade him. I mean, at that point, when your agent and your player are like, "Yeah, let's," the relationship is over. Let's try to move on. It's it's hard to bring him back and put him in the starting five and stuff. So, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I I think it's going to have to happen before the start of the regular season. But my last question to you, Chris, is this: is that um, if you were Rich Paul, what three teams do you think that you would prefer Simmons to play for next uh, next year, and why? Um, well, I mean, off the head, I think Golden State makes a lot of sense, obviously. Um, like, the Draymond fit is weird, but if you can, if you're brave enough to, like, play Simmons and Green in the front court and put another wing out there, whoever that mm-hmm. may be, I, I mean, I think that's a pretty great setup. Um, you can make it work, especially if Ben finally buys into an off-ball role, which with Draymond and, and Steph and Clay, he probably would have to. So I, I think Golden State would make a lot of sense. He'd be right. He'd be pretty well positioned to compete for a championship there. Um, obviously, the Lakers and all that crap is off the board at this point. Um, Cleveland has a lot of nice pieces. Like, you know, Evan Mobley is going to be a stud. Um, Darius Garland is going to be a stud if he can somehow get there with those two guys still on the roster, or even with only Mobley. Uh, there's a lot to like about Cleveland. I think they're heading in the right direction. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I mean, those are the two names that stick out the most. Toronto's a great situation. I, I'm a little bit more skeptical of it now that they drafted Scotty Barnes instead of Suggs because I feel like Suggs would, if, if not they clearly the better prospect. He's clearly the better fit in Philly. Um, I don't think they want to swap out Ben for another like six, eight guy who can't shoot and likes to play, make a lot. <laughs> I just really don't think that's the direction they're going in. So, and I don't think Toronto wants two guys that can do that either. Yeah. So the Scotty Barnes pick sort of like threw a wrench into the, the Ben Simmons stuff there, but mm. I mean, Toronto's a, a pretty good team already, and they're a great organization. So I, I, I'd say Toronto's probably not the worst spot you can end up. So I actually wrote an article a while back about the five teams this that Ben should want to play for, which would mean that Rich Paul would, would be in on it too. So I'm just going to tell you my three favorites from that one. The first one is the Houston Rockets. Why? Because he gets to be himself out there. He can co- He has a co-star on the perimeter with Jalen Green. He has nice – Christian Wood can spread the floor for him. He has a you know, stretch five, Kelly Olynyk. I mean, he could still essentially be the point guard there hey, if he really hey, wanted to. You're, you're missing a guy. Shangun. Oh, yeah, Shangun. Forgot about Shangun. <laughs> I, I, I would suspect that he'd probably be coming off the bench. But, you know, anyway. But you get my point. I, I think the Rockets allow – they're a rebuilding team, and they would allow him to pretty much have free range. And But 
not have the scoring burden because you guys got you got guys like Christian Wood and Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen uh, Green. All of them can take the scoring burden off of Ben. So I, I like the fit there. And then I know it's not a popular one because they can't really offer anything of substance or don't want to offer anything of substance. But if we're talking about teams that make sense for Ben, it would be the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now it's been reported that they don't want to give up D'Angelo Russell or Anthony Edwards. So it doesn't make much sense for Philly's end, but I mean, in terms of Ben's fit there, it's ideal. He can play the power forward position, but be a primary playmaker cat and, uh, Edwards are the primary scorer, so he's the third option there. Has no pressure to score. This team's pretty well spaced. Edwards is starting to get better as a three-point shooter as the season progressed. So I, I think the fit there makes a lot of sense for him. And then you, uh, I, you know, I'm going to throw a monkey wrench in this one, and I don't think this will happen. It doesn't make sense. But for example, if the Brooklyn Nets wanted to, you know improve their defense while also just, you know, having less mouths to feed on offense, especially now that they got Cam Thomas in the draft. Um, There is a world where the Sixers could trade for Kyrie Irving. Now, let me say this. I don't think they should. Spencer Dinwiddie, sign and trade, baby. I mean, actually, they would have to include at least DeAndre Jordan's contract, which is not appetizing at all. But, yeah. Your Your boy Cam Thomas. Yeah, throw, give me Cam Thomas, please. Um, but no, you get what I'm saying, though. I I think him going to the Nets isn't – I think that would be a nice fit for him. He can play make for Harden and Grant and be their lockdown defender, anchor that defense for them. Uh, you know, he could even play a small ball five like, like Blake Griffin did for them last year but actually be effective at it. Um, they would really be positionless there on defense then because him and – and Durant could switch on defense. And then there's Bruce Brown, of course, as well. So, I mean, those would be the three teams that if I was Rich Paul, I'd be like, okay, that makes sense for Ben. It makes it gives it helps him maximize or allows him to do what he wants to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think those are all good, good picks. All right, uh, we are going to talk about the 2016 NBA draft. Keeping on the topic of Ben Simmons, what we're going to do is redraft the top 10. There are some pretty important names in that draft, some names that have been thrown around in trade rumors lately. Some of those names tied directly to Ben Simmons. So we're going to redraft the, the top 10 picks, Lucas. I'll, I'll narrate, as you said. The first pick in that draft, of course, belonged to the Philadelphia 76ers. Who are you selecting with the number one overall pick if you could redraft right now? I'm going with Jamal Murray because the way I'm looking at this redraft is who's going to help me win in the playoffs. And Jamal Murray proved it in the bubble last year. That he can he can take over a series better than anybody else in this draft. So I'm going with Jamal Murray. Now, he hasn't made an all-star game like some of the other players here, but he he's clearly a go-to guy in the playoffs, and that's the most important thing for the Sixers, what they need. And I think his fit next to Joel Embiid is a natural one. So that's who I have. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a very fair pick. Um, my, my pick is going to be Jalen Brown. Uh, 
I think just a bit more versatile on the defensive end, really took a step forward offensively this season. Obviously, Boston didn't quite reach the heights that they wanted to, but Brown had his best season to date by far. A really gifted three-level scorer who can, can do a lot on both sides of the ball. Uh, so, so Brown's going to be my pick, but I, I like Jamal Murray too. He does obviously make a lot of sense next to Joel, especially. So I, I think that's a pretty good pick. Um, but Lucas, the number two pick is the Lakers. They originally selected Brandon Ingram. Who do you have them selecting with this pick? I still have them taking Brandon Ingram. I think in the long term, he's proven to be a three-level scorer. He can play make. He's not quite as you know elite defensively as J- Jalen Brown. And this was really close because even when we were bringing up the number two pick, I double guessed myself. But I because both of them took a while to develop. But I like his playmaking and while he's not a good defender, he is a long defender, which is important in the, in the NBA. Um, so I'm going to go with Ingram and I was tempted to have Ingram number one on this list, but I think, like I said, I, I think I trust Murray to win me a playoff series a little bit more than Ingram. I think Ingram still has potential untapped that he can still reach as a scorer. I, I still I want I was tempted to say in the 2016 draft that the Sixers should have taken Ingram over Simmons. Like that's how much I liked him and I still like him that much. So Yeah, Ingram's Ingram's a pretty good player. Um I'm gonna pick your guy from number one. I'm gonna go with Jamal Murray. Um all the things you said, just the dynamite score, or uh, an underrated playmaker, really improved as a defender this season before he got hurt. Just a lot to like there. Um, didn't quite reach the heights that he reached in the bubble, outside the bubble, but he, he had a great season um, before his injury. I think it was underrated by a lot of people. And he, he's prob- he's like a top 30 player. So Murray's my pick. The number three pick in the draft belonged to Boston. They selected Jalen Brown. Who are you going to have them picking, Lucas? They're still getting Jalen Brown. Um He's a great two-way player, probably one of the best two-way players in the NBA in terms on the perimeter. He, like you said, he's improved consistently. He's made the biggest jump this past season. And if he didn't get injured prior to the playoffs, there's a good chance that the Boston Celtics would have pushed the Brooklyn Nets to uh, six or maybe even, well, probably six games. But still, that's better than nothing. So, I mean... That's better than five games. I think Jalen Brown give, is a great compliment to Jason Tatum. And I think overall, uh, he was a steal. I did not think he was going to be as good as he is when he was drafted. I was wrong. But, you know, that just proves that, you know, he was developed the right way. I mean, and that was great. And I think that he's still a quality player in the NBA. And I, I mean, quality third overall pick. All right. Um, for me, I, I think the pick here's Ben Simmons. Uh, I he's still a great player, arguably the best defensive player on planet Earth, which still counts for something. Uh, not a total zero offensively, though. Clearly, there's there's some some hurdles to get over in the playoffs. Still, um, at this point, you just got to go with him. I. I, I want him out of Philly as much as the next guy, but as far as this redraft goes, it, it's hard for me to put him any lower than number three. Um, so Lucas, number four is Phoenix. 
they originally selected Dragon Bender with this pick. I don't believe that's going to be the uh, case here. Um, yeah, Dragon's not in the NBA. Last time I heard he played in the uh, Israeli league. Um, no, it's yeah. I have Simmons going in the, with this pick. I think he's a great compliment to uh, Devin Booker. Him and the Suns, obviously, for all the things that you said, he's great. I think he'd be playing more of a power forward position in Phoenix versus point guard that he was kind of shoot into in Philly. Um, and I think that if if he was, I mean, gosh, that would have been a dynamic duo right there. Him and, I mean, we talk about, you know, what if Devin Booker and Luka Doncic were together? Well, Ben Simmons and Devin Booker would be a close what if, you know, close what if comparison. So I like Simmons going number four. Yeah, I think that's a fair a fair pick. Um, my guy is Pascal Siakam, who had a bit of a down year in Toronto, but so did the whole team. They they had COVID issues all year. Injuries weren't playing in Toronto. They were in Tampa. It's kind of hard to blame him. I, I think he's a much better shooter than his numbers would suggest from last season. Uh, was the number two slash three player on a championship team not long ago. A really fantastic all-around offensive, like, number two score. Just a a really great player. So I I think he's number four for me. Lucas, the Timberwolves at number five, originally picked Chris Dunn. Who do you have them picking here? I have them going for Pascal Siakam. I think Siakam would be an ideal fit with... Carl Anthony Towns, Siakam's a great defender. He can guard centers. It's not his forte, but if he has to, Cat can, you know, cheat off of that. I think, you know, he's still a three-level score. He, like you said, he had an offseason, but that's not really his fault, I will say. Probably just the whole entire situation for Toronto. Um, but, yeah, no, I think him and Carl Anthony Towns make a great fit. And I, I know the pick was – was that pick traded that same year for Jimmy Butler, or was that? Yep. So actually, he would be going to Chicago. Chicago, and then it would have been what him and a marketing. Well, that I mean, then you don't need to draft. You, you know, you play marketing at center. But let's just say, for example, he stays in Minnesota. I think that's still either way. I think it's a good pick. Yeah, for sure. My my guy is Brandon Ingram. He was your number two. He slides a little bit further for me, but still a great player for all the reasons you mentioned. An underrated playmaker, long, lanky, 20-25-point-per-game scorer at this point. Um, he's really coming to his own with New Orleans. Has made an all-star team now. And to finish this off, Lucas, we're not going to keep elaborating on everyone. We're just going to run down the list from 6 to 10. Who are your guys from 6 to 10? I got Sabonis pairing up with Anthony Davis and in New Orleans at six. I got Brogdon taking uh, Murray's place with Jokic at number seven in Denver. I have DeMarco Murray going eight instead of Marquise Chris to the Kings. I have uh, Karis LeVert going ninth to the Raptors instead of Jakob Hurdle. And I have Malik Beasley going 10 to Milwaukee. Awesome. Um, my list is going to be Sabonis at six as well to New Orleans. Malcolm Brogdon at seven as well to the Nuggets. At eight to Sacramento, I have DeJounte Murray. At nine to Toronto, I have Kyrus LeVert. And at 10 to Milwaukee, I have Malik Beasley. Mm-hmm. Um, some breaking news, by the way. Uh, I believe the Sixers just made their 50th pick. Uh, Philip Petrusev out of 
played at Mega BMAX last year over in Serbia. Used to play at Gonzaga before he went overseas. Won Adriatic League MVP. Um, so a great player over there. Some really interesting skills at the center spot. Uh, do you have any thoughts on him, Lucas? Maybe a draft and stash guy? Maybe a guy you give a two-way contract to? I, I, it sounds like a draft and stash. I knew nothing about this player. I didn't even see him on a draft board for the ones that I looked at. Um, so I don't, I can't really comment on his skill, but in a late fifties, uh, 50th pick overall used on a European player usually means a draft and stash. So I'm going to say probably a draft and stash. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Um, also of note, Sharif Cooper went 48th to Atlanta. Wow. That Back is a steal. That is a Ridiculous. steal for Atlanta. That is a steal because I had him going to Atlanta at twenty. Yeah, but well, he pr- probably should have been the twentieth pick, but <laughs> evidently you can get him at forty-eight. Um, again, my number thirteen prospect. Um, some pretty high steal potential there for Atlanta. They're going to need a new backup for Trey Young here pretty soon. Uh, Brandon Goodwin's not much of anything, and Lou Williams is getting older, so. That, that's a pretty remarkable pick for them. Uh, Philly has the number 53 pick coming up. They haven't made it yet. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. But Has Luka Gaza gone yet? I, I I do not know. But if he's available, I would say go for Luka Gaza. He's a big man. You can play him now. Well, I think you just you just pick the better big man. I, I mean, I would I, – I think Petrus has a, probably a step up from Garza as a prospect. Um I don't know if you need to draft two like slow-footed centers. Um, well, let's see the yeah. players. The best players still available. You got Charles Bassey. Yeah, Luca Gaza still there. Um, and then a whole bunch of guys who I don't even want to try to pronounce their names. Um, let's see here. You got oh Austin Reeves. He was he worked out with the Sixers. Yeah, uh, Reeves would be a pretty great value. Uh, I like Joel AI as well. Aaron Wiggins is still on the uh, on the board too. Um, Jericho Swin- uh, Sims, uh, Treadmon, what you know? They got some quality players still on the draft. John Petty Jr. Now he was he was projected pretty high a few years ago when he was still in high school, right? Uh, I'm, I I couldn't tell you. Um do you like for that 53rd pick uh i i mean austin reeves of the names you mentioned seems like a pretty good bet was a really tremendous scorer uh slash facilitator at oklahoma last season um a bit on the older side spent five years in college but really confident like big heart and soul guy so i i think he'd make a lot of sense there all right our social media question of the week went out today on Twitter and Facebook, and it said, what did you feel like when Woj announced the Sixers were actively shopping Ben Simmons? There were three choices. Number one, relieved. Number two, disappointed. And number three, nervous. And it was kind of close with first and second. 44% of people said that they felt nervous about when Woj made that announcement. 43% of our followers on on Twitter said they were relieved and only 13% said they were disappointed. So Chris, what was your initial thought after that post? I I think it's probably nervous. Um, I don't 
know about relieved. Like, I obviously, I'm ready for him to not be on the Sixers. I'm ready to move on, but I don't know if I was like, you know, breathing a long sigh of relief when I saw that he's, you know, that Daryl's canvassing the league. That I think that just inherently brings up some nerves. Um, you only, as we talked about last week with Neil Hartman, uh, you only get one crack at trying to trade Ben. And if you screw this up, you might slam the window shut on Joel's championship window here. So clearly Daryl's doing the best he can to try to squeeze as much value as possible. We'll see what inevitably happens, but I, I think nervous is my answer. I mean, I understand being nervous and I am too, to an extent, but I think my initial thought was like, it's about time. It's about time. So I would say relieved in a way. Because it shouldn't have been like it. Honestly, like they were dancing around it for about a month, and it was a month too long. Like I know that you know you don't want to you want to have a poker face, but let's be real. That that was a bad poker face by the Sixers. So I was relieved when they were this like, and I was even more relieved when I heard that his agent, him and his agent, were in step with the franchise. So that's mm-hmm. how I feel. I feel like he's been holding the franchise hostage. For a while now, considering he has not improved anything on the offensive side of the ball. Hang on, Uriah, one second. The yeah. Sixers select Charles Bassey from Western Kentucky with the third uh with the fifty-third overall pick. Charles Bassey. Never heard of him. He's a center. Used to be the number one prospect coming out of high school. Um a few Was years he? ago. Oh. Yeah. So uh had, had spent three years at Western Kentucky. Uh, a big guy. Lots of length and muscle uh that's you know you're gonna get some shots blocked uh that, that's probably his chief skill is he better than b-ball paul no <laughs> but he's more of a natural center uh, he's, he's not he's not better than petrusev what do you think they want with two if one of them would hit oh well probably because one of them's gonna spend another year overseas right but yeah i, I mean at fifth in the fifties, you're just going for talent. I think if if you if your two best prospects are centers, then you take two centers and see what happens. I, I honestly think that they'll have Austin Reeves, you know, signed a, an exhibit ten or two way contract because I was expecting them to take him with the with that pick. Um, they'll probably Look, have him on the summer league team too. I would have packaged fifty and fifty three to move up and take Cooper in like a heartbeat, giving up another second round pick or two like it, it's ridiculous that cooper dropped that far it, it's a, it's malpractice maybe the sixers just didn't want another point guard that couldn't really shoot i don't know i don't care it's the 48th pick he's the <laughs> one of the best playmakers we've seen in a couple years it's it's really i, I wonder what ha- there had to have been something bad that happened in those pre-draft interviews that made him drop that far maybe maybe it's to your point he's like a small guy who shot 22 percent from three and people got scared off but it wow 22%. it's ridiculous yeah he's like six foot wow. uriah that's, he's six four. He's not even that short. I mean, he, he's slender and he's not tall, but he's not like Isaiah. He look he, he looks shorter than what he okay than he actually is. Um, but anyway, sorry, Uriah. Sorry for interrupting. Yeah, I just yeah, yeah. To no there. problem. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you, Lucas. I was relieved as well. Before we got on, we were talking about you know anybody's allowed to live their live their life. If someone's living their life and they're posting pictures on social media because they're relaxing. I get that, but 
in previous off seasons, he was always posting himself doing dunks and shooting in gyms. And why break the, the, the pattern now? All of a sudden he's in a $17 million home posting pictures of himself. And it, it just, that doesn't come off well, in my opinion, to a fan base that, um, that can feels I that, to that? like, oh, let me, let me finish. Let me finish. I just feel like, that's not what a fa- I mean, if you're living your best life, live your best life. You don't have to post it. Right? It's well, just like you're rubbing it in the face of the fan base after we had a legitimate shot at a championship. And he was a big part of the reason why we did not get to the Eastern Conference final. He I mean, he, he posted pictures on his birthday. I mean, that's who wishes himself happy birthday, man. Come on. He didn't wish himself happy. He was like reposting friends and stuff. Uh, I don't know. I think. But also, like. There have been negative reactions to him posting, like, his swimming pool. What kind of, like, social media comments do you think he'd be getting if he posted a workout video of him shooting threes right now? Here's like, the thing. You... Don't post anything at all. How about post an apology to the fan base who supported you for four years and you refused well, the... to improve? You're right. This generation doesn't do that anymore. That's fair, but the fan base is not supporting Tobias him right it. now. Tobias it, it... did it. Tobias came out and said, I need to be better. Yeah, but Matthias... But Tobias is one more older and much more mature for his age than Ben is. Well, Ben so. is clearly not returning to the team, so there's that aspect of it. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure he was. He knew he wasn't coming that, back. If he yeah. said sorry, it'd just be a bunch of comments filled with vitriol and hate. The fans wouldn't care. They'd still treat him probably like garbage. I would. Yeah. I would rather that than himself taking selfies in a swimming pool. I mean, I mean, like, I'll, I'll say this. They're, they're uh, like, you're uh, Chris. I will say this. It doesn't look good to whatever team's trying to trade for him. Who cares what his swimming pool? Like guys, it, people, like there's stuff outside of basketball. These guys are still human beings at the end of the day. Like it's not all about making basketball. 31 million this year. I get and... it. I'm not saying he's like <laughs> underprivileged, but. The guy can post the picture of his swimming pool and his friends. I don't of course think there's anything can, wrong with that. But the question is, should he have, Chris? Should he have? I think, Chris, I, Chris, 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 listen. I think what your eye is trying to say is because he's a star player, he is held to a higher standard on social media versus exactly. other players. Exactly. And while I don't think that's fair, I don't think that's fair. It, it, it is part of the job, and you get paid a lot for that job, so... Oh, I, I get it, but like, there are other things to be worried about. It just has zero impact on basketball at the end of the day. Like, I mean, but some teams care about that. I mean, they they ask you some weird questions. They ask the players some weird question, questions at the combine. Yeah, so, yeah they, a lot of teams are poorly run and have the wrong priorities. That doesn't mean that should be the case. But if you're trying to trade Ben, you don't want to try the you know you don't want the pool to shrink because you know some bad GMs. Bad GMs it's that might give you, but, 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 but listen, 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 Chris, listen, listen, listen. What I'm saying is, is that these bad GMs who care about this stuff might be willing to give up more for Ben if he's, uh, you know, doing the right things on Thank social you. media. I'm not saying that he's doing any I'm not saying that he's doing any wrong things, but these are bad GMs. These are bad front poorly run front offices. They might care about this stuff versus other teams that don't, but you don't want to shrink that pool and take out a bad GM that might give you more for Ben if he's doing if he's posting the right thing versus the wrong things. Look at his not not saying that this is the wrong thing. His peers are either in the Olympics playing their heart out for their country 
or they're in the gym, like Adebayo and some of these other players, like Jason Tatum or, or whoever is not in the in, in, in Ben the has been in the gym, like. Just because he's not posting it, like you said, and that doesn't mean he's not. That's in right. The gym. He's posting selfies of himself in the pool. Right. That makes me feel a lot better. I promise you, Bam Adebayo <laughs> has been to the pool at some point this summer too. Yeah, but he ain't posted selfies. Like, who cares? And he didn't fail in the playoffs, like Ben. Exactly. Exactly. He didn't. He didn't. Yeah, because his team got swept out of the first round. But that wasn't on him. What? He's their second best player. Who's it on? Jimmy? Yeah. Yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, it was. It was a bad series for Jimmy. It was bad series for Tyler Hero. Bam, like he—I mean, top thirty player. He's got to show up too. If he to be, but but do you expect Bam to score like thirty-five points a game? No, that's not his. No, do you expect? Have we ever expected that of Ben? That's no, but we expect him to hit sixty percent of his three throws, and he was hitting. But but he was only hitting thirty percent of them, Chris. I expect our starting point guard to shoot more than three shots in. in but look, at the end of the day, fourth quarters. If other GMs are like getting spooked out of Ben Simmons trades because he's posting pictures of his pool, that's like on them. But it's not Ben's job to preserve his trade value. That's not his duty. And you're you're right about that. You're right about that. He shouldn't care about that at all. He has no obligation to care about. What then the Sixers okay. have no obligation to send him to a team that he would prefer. Yeah, and they're not going to. No, there's no indication that that's going to be the case. Send them to Sacramento. Let me ask you guys something. If Sacramento offered um, Harrison Barnes, uh, Tyler Halliburton, and um, Davion Mitchell, they plus... would give up Heald before Halliburton. I would. I would do. I would do that. Lucas, uh, 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 Halliburton overhealed, please. Halliburton, <laughs> so much better. Halliburton, but but those three players plus, let's say, two future first. Yeah, I would take Halliburton, and I would take Davion Mitchell, and and, and and every day of the week. Chris, I agree. And, and over Beal. Oh, overhealed. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, no. What I'm saying, no, that was that was Uriah saying that. That wasn't me saying that. I said, yeah, Mitchell. Halliburton and Barnes plus two future first, uh, and you, you can throw in Marvin Bagley if you want to. But how 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 do you feel about that, Chris? Do you think that uh, that's a package that could get that done? Because they're not going to give up Fox. That's yeah, not going to. I happen. mean, it, it's it's getting there. I I think that's probably closer to what his price is than the stuff that Daryl's been trying to get people to spend so far. Um, like frankly, that's probably a better return than the Warriors rumored package with Wiseman crap. So I, I think yeah. that's pretty fair. Yeah. I mean, honestly, they could make, honestly, it, I mean, and I know that they probably don't want to, but with Mitchell and Halliburton now, you have an oversaturation of guards. You could, I'm not saying Fox is expendable, but if you have to trade him for Simmons. Yeah, look, the Kings... Ben Simmons is better than De'Aaron Fox. Like, yeah. I would I wouldn't get hung up on Fox personally, but mm-hmm. clearly people are not as high on Ben as maybe I am. Or I'm not high on Ben, but I I still value him some like like in a vacuum. I think he's a good player still. Lucas, do you think that Fox is better than Simmons? Ooh, um, in a vacuum, no. I think Simmons is the better player. But it's all about how a team's built. Who fits better with the Sixers? Oh, Fox by oh, far. Yeah, yeah. Chris, I mean, you at least can you even, acquiesce to that? Like offensively, sure. 
Yeah. But you also lose a whole lot defensively there. Like, I mean, Fox isn't this. a bad defender, though. Fox is a plus He's defender a, for his position. Not right? a you, plus defender. Not if, not if you still got Matisse and you got Danny Green. But I will say this. Like, we talked about this a little bit during the regular season. Like, Gerald Embiid and Ben Simmons is probably one of the best defensive fits that we've seen in a long time. Like, those yeah. two complement each other on that side of the ball better than just about any two players in the league. Like, the offense is do, clearly... Do you, do you think Thibel could step into Ben's role afterwards? I think he could. Look, Thibel's great, and Thibel can cover a lot of those holes. But Thibel yeah. is not as big as Ben. He's not quite as positionally versatile as Ben. Of course not. He's probably not as consistent on the ball as Ben, even. So... Seibel is wonderful, but you're, you're losing something when you trade Ben. I mean, yeah, you're going to lose something on defense. That's a given, Chris, but you got to get – you got to – in the playoffs, you got to be okay, able to create Scott, Fox, shots. Fox is a 32% three-point shooter on, like, five but, a game. He's not a – Okay, but Chris, this past shooter. season, this past season, you even said he was he improved. He shot, what, 35%? He did, but does he improve the offense enough to – mitigate the loss defensively like honestly do we do we think oh, Fox no, is that uh, guy because i mean is a pretty hmm. inefficient scorer still he still has some dud games offensively where he's just a chucker and he's not hitting a lot of those pull-up mid-rangers that he likes to take like like fox is not a perfect player so do we really think fox is like one for one better than ben i mean do do we really think that's? I, I already I already told you that Ben's a better player in a vacuum. But w- when I'm talking about fit, especially but even offensive. in Philly, do we think the fit is so much better that it, it makes up for what you're losing w- with Ben's overall talent in two way? I mean, uh, Ben was. You both argued that Ben should have been Defensive Player of the Year last season. Like that, that's quite a I bit would, of value in and of I itself. Would, I would swap them. One for one in a heartbeat, and and the reason why is because Simmons has been overcompensating for years. He's so bad offensively <coughs> that he elevates his defensive game to ultra high level, which is great. I give him credit for that, but you need more balance. You need someone that's going to help on both sides of the ball. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. All right, guys. We talked long enough. It's twelve. It's past twelve thirty, and it's a Thursday night. Uh, I think it's time for us to. Pl- I think it's time for us to wrap it up. Chris, you want to play us out, man? Uh, yeah, just a quick note. Uh, the report on the Twitterverse is that Philip Petrusev is going to be a stash. So that's not surprising. Bassey's probably the guy we're going to see next season. Uh, we'll see if he can step into the backup center shoes if he's uh, on a two way deal. I, I think he's a two way, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, look, uh, yeah, he was like 52, 53 on my board. So yeah. right about where he was picked. So yeah. I, I think that was pretty fair value. Um, but yeah, to all our listeners, thanks as always for tuning in to yet another episode of the Sixer Sense podcast. Uh, you can leave a review, subscribe, give us a rating, all that stuff. It would really help. Uh, you can do that on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, you know, uh, Spotify, Audible, Google Play, the whole nine yards, the Sixersense.com if you want to check us out there, leave a comment on our website. And I would recommend that everyone does what I'm going to do tomorrow and go see the Green Knight. <laughs> um, I think it'll be worth people's time. But not, it's free advertisement. Sorry, guys. But, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you all next week. Thanks, everyone.